All right. We are here. We are here yet again. Episode number five of the Laggy Podcast, the Life Around Gaming and Esports podcast with your friends from Rough Riders Esports, accompanied by a whole lot of hockey pucks. Mm-hmm. A lot. A lot of hockey pucks. A lot. But you know what? It's okay. You know why it's okay? Because our content is awesome. We are awesome. You are awesome. It is I, Rafe, a.k.a. the Esports Educator, a.k.a. Captain Digression, a.k.a. the Man of AKAs, and I am here with Caesar. My name is Caesar, a.k.a. E-Face. And again, it's Dan. Hello. <laughs> Just Dan. Just Dan. Yes. All right. So what do we have to talk about today? We have some good stuff to talk about today. But the first thing we're going to talk about is some Smash Brothers stuff because some of you may know this, but last week we held All In Smash. We had mm-hmm. our Invitational All In Smash. Go ahead, Caesar. Um, yeah, a six-hour Invitational. Very fun, honestly. Uh, we had eight players total, an extra one that uh, snuck in. <laughs> Sky BTA. So you had nine players, actually. Yeah, nine players with the extra. Eight on stream, one outside of stream who jumped in, who actually made some good money, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a lot of people... Um, I, I'm very proud of Joe Mama because he was, like, the only one that, like, really got into the spirit of it because he just, like... He didn't care about yeah, living with money at all. He, he was right. like, we're betting. Yeah. He, we're betting. Exactly. However, uh, he also walked in and was like, are we playing poker? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he definitely asked me for that before... Uh, but yeah, Kronos, I think, walked with the most money. Uh, very, very impressive. Uh, we can talk about that later. Um, just in general, just a really fun fun time. I had a, I had a good time casting with Goose and Demo. So, yep. yep. It was a good time. Yep. Uh, everybody seemed to enjoy it. If you didn't get to check it out, you can check out the VODs on our Twitch at Rough Riders Esports or... Yep. Do we have them on YouTube yet? No, but they will be on YouTube. Uh, so we'll have them up on YouTube. You can kind of check out what we did there. Um, we are aware of some frame drop issues that we were mm-hmm. facing, and we are currently working on those. And that's one of the beauties of, of being kind of an early startup in the esports industry is, is we understand there's a lot of things we have to work through. And so we're just kind of figuring out all of those problems all at once. Um, but aside from that, it was, it was awesome. Everybody yep. seemed to have a great time. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just a really cool event. I'm sorry you couldn't be there if you weren't. <laughs> uh, we had a better Saturday than you did. That's kind of all there is to it. Yep. We'll see how we can implement this idea for later events. But for now, it was just for the Invitational. How do we feel about it? How do we feel about the idea? We haven't really actually talked about that. I, mean, I think the idea is good. I think it's sound. Uh, I just think that it probably requires quite a bit of tweaking in order for yeah. in a bigger setting. I agree. We need yeah. to incentivize players to use that their chips. More. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I, so we, we need to incentivize players to be passing chips more. Mm-hmm. Right? One of the problems that we face, so, so for those of you who don't know, what we did was we had a bunch of chips that we gave out to each player. We gave each player 25 chips that were each worth one chip, $1. And we paid out at the end of the day based on that. And so they bet their chips. They were forced to put in a chip to play. And then they could use two chips to ban characters and one chip to ban stages. Unfortunately, because the Smash community is so set on playing their mains and the competition part of it nobody Mm -hmm. wanted to ban anybody's characters they just wanted to compete right so it did kind of reduce the betting um Mm -hmm. and so really what happened was we ended up putting a bunch of bonus chips in on like eight man free-for-alls and things focused on ring fit adventure Mm -hmm. uh which we'll just jump right into. Uh, so Kronos is incredibly strong. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think he blew everyone's mind that day. Like, yeah. Like the, the f- he won the first event sizably, like by quite a bit. Yeah. And then the second event, so for those of you who don't know, there's this thing called like the Mighty Pectoral Challenge. It doesn't stop. You just do a peck, f- like a peck fly, sort of. You push the thing together in front of you, and then you hold it for as long as you can and then or not as long as you can for as long as you need to and then you release it and you do this over and over again for reps i got 185 reps which i was pretty proud of i was like yeah that's a pretty good amount (laughs) um definitely not a bad amount of reps and then chronos beat the game when i say beat the game i mean he did a thousand reps and the game just ended (laughs) i think the game was like no too many reps Sorry, this game cannot handle this many reps. Please, they might Kronos. Not actually, be able to. They might have had like an actual max. Like, who would do, who would ever do this? Yeah, I, who buys this game should not be doing a thousand reps. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. So I'm curious to see like world leaderboards and like yeah, compare yeah. what Kronos did to people because like that would be really interesting. Could he be one of the best? Like, I'm, I'm sure he's. <laughs> I'm sure he's not the only person <laughs> yeah. in the world to ever Probably. do that, yeah. right? But at the same time, there mustn't be that many. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. Um, it was quite a feat to watch. We have it all on video. Yep. You, you can see it on the VOD if you're interested in watching us talk crap, kind of, and, and you can watch me feel bad uh, mm-hmm. live, live in real time. Um, so, But, no, it's, it was pretty awesome. Uh, the entire event was great. Um, really excited about it. We're, we're definitely going to do it again. So if you want your chance to be a part of All in Smash, to be a part of this invitational event, all you got to do is – Come on down to our monthlies, which you should probably be doing anyway, because if you have any interest in Smash at all, it's probably the best event in Colorado. I mean, yep. that's tooting my horn a little bit, but it's it's just another tournament except with a bunch of extra stuff added on yep. and people who care about you. Yeah. So Plus, we usually get like more than half of the PR players here, so it's always good practice to just show up and play as many people as you can. Yep. So, yep. And the next one is coming up next weekend, not this weekend, next weekend. Next Saturday, February 15th. Yes. uh, Still taking calls for artists if you want to try to slang some of your merch. Yep. Uh, you're welcome to to play the role of Khajiit. We've got a we've got a couple of artists lined up. We've got uh, giveaways happening. We've got free food and free energy drinks. So. Yep. Nintendo Switch Lite. Mm-hmm. Uh, possibly a DJ. We haven't fully figured out whether or not we're doing that. It's it's going to be a good time, guys. Yep. It's going to be a good time, um, and it's ten bucks. So you really can't it's beat pretty it. Pretty cheap. Um, yeah. Stampede February fifteenth. Moving on. 
now that we're done with our shameless plug, I've been looking at this poster we have for All in Smash. It's pretty dope. You can check that out, too, if you just want to come by the Rough Riders Esports office at the Sports Stable. One Superior Drive, Superior, Colorado. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, moving on. What do we have next? Did we want to talk Apex? Apex Legends? Yep. yep. Apex Legends uh, uh, Season 4 released. Um, got some excitement about that here. Yep. Uh, what's your favorite part about it, Caesar? Um, I've only played one game so far, but oh. I logged in, I saw the battle pass, and I saw the Watson skin, and like Daniel was here, it was yesterday, and I was like, oh my god, I need this right now. <laughs> yeah, so I just, I, I bought, bought the, it. I bought the, the battle pass already. Yeah. Um, so I played one game and got three kills, and I was pretty proud of myself, and then my team just ran in and died, and then I was solo for like most of the game. But... I'm really interested in the new change to sniper rifles. I don't know, for me personally, if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's just weird. I find it so interesting. Yeah. Like, is it? I guess my question is, because I don't actually know, is it adaptive ammo? Like, it's sniper ammo, but obviously a Kraber and a triple take don't use the same type well, of so, ammo. Yeah, so. it's all sniper ammo. Uh -huh. All snipers use the same ammo now. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, they haven't really explained how, but like a triple take uses it, right? The the new, the Sentinel, the new sniper rifle. I have no use of that. Right. It's great. Yeah. It's absurd. It's mini Kraber Wait. with a faster reload time so, and less recoil. Why did they add another sniper rifle? Wasn't the uh, last weapon they added a charge rifle? Uh. Wait. Does a charge rifle use energy or sniper? Sniper. What? It, it uses sniper. <laughs> it has four rounds now, and it's just individual rounds. Oh, um, so it's like one one laser is one so round? The mechanics of the guns have not changed. That was my question. No, everything okay. is still the same. Just the ammo has changed, right? It's just a new type of ammo. So, like, you find blue boxes, purple, like, blue or purple boxes. Yeah. Blue boxes. Blue boxes of sniper ammo as opposed to, like, green energy and all that stuff. So everything else is still there. Um Turbocharger has been taken away from the Havoc. Now yep. the Havoc can use only the se select fire, and the uh, firing rate has sped up mm -hmm. dramatically. On okay. and it, so it's just a good gun. And now. it has less recoil, Delish. I think. So I've heard it's really good. Uh, the, the, the select fire sniper version of it? Mm, I don't know. Uh, I think just the regular Havoc. I mean, I like the Christmas before, was saying so. that he really likes it now. Well, that's cool. I mean, yeah. I s the R99, we've, we've reduced by one damage. Mm. Right, so the R99 is now one damage less per bullet, which does right. make a bit of an impact. Yeah, yeah. sure. It's a good chunk, um, of chunk of damage. Wigman has one extra bullet now without Base the to five. Yeah, to yeah. five. Very interesting. So, I still hate the Wigman, so it doesn't I, really matter. So do I. Yeah, uh, it's so weird. I, I don't get it. I, they the messed it up. Is, see, the issue is that I'm bad. Right, and that's why I don't like the wingman. Oh. Like, there's a very clear distinction between people who do like the wingman and people who don't. People who like the wingman are good, and right. people who don't like the wingman are bad. I, I, I don't know. I, but I mean, you're discounting the other person, like me, who is terrible but likes the wingman anyway. <laughs> okay, well, no, I'm just gonna use this wingman. We we we've seen this. I forgot the name of the streamer we were watching, and like he was complaining about the wingman. Oh, vision. And uh, yeah, his. Because he was clearly landing shots that weren't landing. Right, and yeah. and, I, and I do feel like, obviously, I don't have perfect aim, but like I do feel like that's happened to me before. Yeah, it's, I, it's very weird. Like, I don't understand the recoil on the gun or something, like yeah. what causes the bullets to move in different directions. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, the other changes, though, to the game, right? So we have Revenant. We have a new, new Apex legend. Right. Right, a new legend, which... So I was listening to 
the centering last week. Oh, we could talk. Okay, so I'll go into this in a little bit because uh-huh. there's some Overwatch stuff we should actually talk about too, oh. just really quickly. Okay. Um, but so, okay, I, I love Revenant. So this mm-hmm. new character, he moves faster when crouch walking, yep. significantly faster, significantly faster. His, his movement speed barely reduces from like his sprint to his crouch walk. Interesting. Um, he can climb walls higher. So pretty much anything you thought I can't climb up with my original character, he can climb up, which is cool on this map, but is going to be broken on King's Canyon. Mm. Because essentially he'll be able to climb up the airbase tower walls. Right? Like, that's about how high he can climb up. So when you're talking about certain aspects like uh, sensor uh, sensor relay, right? Um, right. And airbase um, and assault, or what is it? The armory? What's the one in the, in the middle of King's Canyon, the middle back that everybody drops into? Um, I, don't, I don't remember. I it's called Bunker. But maybe. I, but that area right there is also, he's going to be able to just climb up top of hmm. a lot of those places. So it makes him very powerful. He has a silence that affects an area. Right, so his Q deals damage and silences everybody so that they can't use their skills. And then his ultimate is a totem that stops someone from dying. Oh, yeah. But I have not figured out exactly. They say firing range. That's what it's, it's a fight. The range on the totem is firing range, it has to be within firing range. I just landed a 400 meter snipe, bro. You're gonna have to explain what firing <laughs> range is to me. So that's one issue I have with Apex is that they don't release specifics on how the skills work. Um, yeah. So you're supposed to test it and figure it out on your own, which is right. fine, I guess. But I would just like a, hey, 60-meter range. Thanks. I appreciate that. That's right. It's not hard to do that. Um, then somebody can figure out what 60 meters is on their own. Reminds me of Smash. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they do the same thing. Every time the patch notes come out, they have, like, this weird language. Yeah. And it's like, reduce the the... Aerial hit, not. I mean, I don't, I don't. I don't even remember what it is, but it's like super weird language. And then you're like, "Oh, you mean hit stun?" Cool. <laughs> Good to know. But yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't like that either. I don't like it. But I do like Revenant. Revenant is awesome. He does take increased damage. So his passive is low profile. Mm-hmm. So he he not only does he move faster, but he's harder to hit. Right. Um, but he takes five percent increased damage well, from all sources. They all do that, right? Wraith has the same passive. Oh, does she? Did yeah. they update that? So now, mm-hmm. oh, okay. yeah. So like the bigger is caustic and um, what's his name? Gibby. 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 Yeah, they take ten percent reduced damage because they're high. Right. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. I see. I didn't realize that. They're harder to hit. Yeah. Yeah. That, that explains it. So yeah, I like him a lot. I do like his character a lot. I just like the ability to like crouch walk and the climb stuff faster because that's kind of my play style. That's why I like Octane so much. Um, so additionally, they've changed the map. So they have and heavily changed the map. Like, the map is not the same map it was before. They added the reactor drill, mm-hmm. this big old drill, which, by the way, if you fly when you're diving and you touch the top of the drill, uh-huh. you die. You die! Wait, really? Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I noticed the uh, capital city got destroyed. My favorite building got destroyed, so. Yeah, they put a rift right through capital city. Yep. So, but, and the rift has a heat fume. That if you jump into the rift, you fly. Like oh. it pushes you up. But you take damage from the heat. So oh. you take like 15 or 20% damage from the heat, and then it pushes you up. It's really cool. Like they did a great job. Like I'm really excited to play more for Season 4. I just cool. didn't have a whole lot of time. So uh, we'll figure out some time, and, and the Rough Riders crew will stream a little, uh, a little Apex. And you can watch just how bad we are. <laughs> um, yeah, I dove out of a, a – I jumped – 
and uh-huh. I jumped my Pathfinder sort of through that that, <laughs> that stream, and he died. Oh no! <laughs> I felt really bad about it. Um, all right, so that's that's Apex. If you haven't seen it, season four is out. It's live now. It's pretty awesome. Uh, we're pretty excited about it. Um, so before we move on to our segment for today, we have two two cool segments for today. But first, we need to talk a little bit about Overwatch League uh, and Overwatch as a whole. So mm-hmm. I was listening to the center ring, and they were talking about all of the stuff that's been changed with Overwatch, and they kept referring to it as players and player bans. And I love the center ring. I talk about them a lot. I absolutely wanted to like i needed to call them i was like mm-hmm. pick up the phone Anuj, pick it up right now so i can tell you how mad i am at you you can't refer to it as player bands right okay in overwatch they're characters you can call them characters right you can, but heroes. like heroes sure you can call them heroes right we legends in uh you know i don't even care call them legends but you can't call them players because when you say you're banning a player it makes it sound like I'm saying, like, hey, um, uh, you know, I don't, I'm just thinking, like, Seagull, you can't show up to the next game. Sorry, you're banned, right? right? Not a character in the game. So what happened in Overwatch is there are now going to be hero bans, character bans. So you will have one tank, two DPS, and one support banned every week from tournament play. And I am hoping mm-hmm. that carries over. Have, did you find out if that Yeah, does? It, it does matter in competitive too. Ranked. Ranked. Okay, cool. Yep. Awesome. So, and they're banning based on highest played time in Overwatch League. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, based on how much a character is played in Overwatch League will determine who's banned the following week. Um, Daniel's making a face. Yeah, it seems like kind of a cop-out, huh? I guess. Why... Go ahead and explain that. I mean, I, obviously, I don't know anything about Overwatch League. It's just it seems to be a solution to the system getting stale rather than like changing the meta through game mechanics. It's just odd. Um, I would I would say that that's true. I just me being me, I don't know what you would have to do to a game to be able to deal with this type of mechanic. Because in League. We have 150 right. characters. Right. You pick one character, you're that for the whole game. Sure. In Overwatch, we only have 30 heroes. Okay. You, you for a tank for a tank role. Essentially, we have two tanks, and what seven available tanks right now? Mm-hmm. What are available tanks? Like Reinhardt, Orisa, Sigma, Roadhog, Winston, Diva, Zarya, Zarya. So is that all of them? Hamster. Did you say oh, that? Oh yeah, and and the hamster. Yeah. So eight. Is there one I'm missing? But so that's yeah. that's eight tanks right there, right? So we have eight tanks, two people selecting them. And the fact of the matter is once we figure out the meta, there are going to be two tanks that are strong enough to just kind of deal with, that are always going to be the strongest two tanks. Now mm-hmm. you would think, oh, well, I can adjust the DPS meta to deal with those tanks. Right. Right? But that's kind of the constant movement of the game where everybody is constantly switching, switching, switching. But because of the nature of ultimates – it's stronger to just stick with the strongest possible meta and level out your ultimates until you use your ultimates and then possibly make changes. Sure. So why ban? I guess my question is, in League, you know, people have their own... Each team has bans. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Why is it not like this in Overwatch? I think the issue that they face with something like that where players are banning out tanks is you're going to see the exact same tanks banned all the time. Mm. I think, well, also an issue would be like... And this would really suck... Because Overwatch has character specialists, right? Like sure. you have players that play exclusively Tracer, for example, or, or like McCree. exclusively Widow or stuff like that. 
So like, let's say you're the fusion, and then you hire. They just hired uh, Chipsa, who plays just Doomfist. So then you go into your match against, let's say, the Spit uh, Spitfire, and Spitfire is like, yeah, we banned Doomfist. Yeah, I mean, and I then get you have that. you have this one player who you're paying like a full time salary, and he can't play. Well, so we're right? still gonna have that though. We're still gonna have that, but it's only once a week. Yeah, and the, the I think that the major difference here is there. I think what TCR was talking about, and I agree about, is that what we're going to be seeing now is the remolding and structuring of your roster. Mm-hmm. So essentially, yeah, I could have a player who just plays Doomfist, but I better have a backup for the weeks that Doomfists are banned because right. I'm going to pull him out and put somebody else in. Right. Yep. I actually really like this. I love this idea. I don't have a problem with this idea at all. I mm-hmm. think this idea is great. I think it's going to work out. I think all the naysayers and the haters in a month or two are going to go, oh, yeah, this was a good idea. Right. I just think they didn't take it far enough. That's mm, my, my personal opinion is one tank is not enough. Yeah. One support is not enough. You should be banning two tanks, two supports, and three DPS every week. Or you rotate it where you're banning like, like one tank, two supports, and three DPS, and then two tanks, one support, and three DPS. Mm-hmm. So you could like bounce back and forth. Oh, that would be a little complicated for the user base, I think. Or you could ban like the five characters that are played the most. Right, like period across all of the stuff because mm-hmm. the, you don't really have to worry about it because the DPS they have more options, so they're probably going to bounce around to different things. The, right. the fact of the matter is, the best characters in the game mm-hmm. are going to get played the most. You're going to sure. see people playing just Arissa the entire time on both right. teams, right? So you ban out Arissa. Um, but then, what if what if teams are like, well, it's week one, and we know for a fact that we have this super hard match, so. We'll, we're all going to play, like, they play characters so that the bands get, like, kind of, like, oh. not randomized. So, See, like, I would you're say like, you know what, let's just play this composition for this week, right. and well, then next week. How many teams in Overwatch League? Uh, how many games a week? That's a better question. I have no idea. I think that's very difficult for a single team to do. Yeah, for a single team, I agree. You'd have to be, you'd have to have, stati- like, s- literally, like, statisticians yeah. in the back. Is that the word for it? A statistics person, a statistician? Yes. So, like, you would have to have somebody in the back literally, like, looking at what everybody is playing and trying mm-hmm. to figure out, like, okay, if we play specifically May, we're going to see a May ban right. instead of a Doomfist ban. Well, we need to put in this much time, so we have to make sure that we're playing extend the games guys extend the yeah. game right <laughs> so like all defense just hold the point as long as possible right like i mean it's i i, I think that that's very difficult well I, I i agree but i think that's going to lead to more off meta picks and that's going to make the game more interesting cuz the compositions we're going to see are more varied so that's what sure. that's what i like about it and what i don't like about it is that for the competitive player base there's there will be weeks where you have no incentive to play. Mm. And there will be weeks where you're like, I got to play this week because for me, for example, the reason I stopped playing Overwatch is because my favorite hero is useless. And he's been useless for the past two weeks, the past two years. And I play Reinhardt too. I like Reinhardt, but he hasn't been very good either. So my two main heroes are bad. Now, if Reaper and Brigida get banned in the same week, that means I can play Winston. So I'm going to be playing Winston when those characters <laughs> are banned. When they're not, I'm, I don't want to play because like, I just want to play Winston. You know? Very interesting. 
So it's gonna it's gonna do something to, to their player race. I don't know what yet. Like it's really hard to say. They already tried something with two two two, and that already split the player base a lot. So I don't know. We'll see. It, it's gonna be really. It's a really interesting step to take from Blizzard, and I just I just want to know where it goes. Yeah, the two 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 meta is very interesting to me, primarily because they've screwed up their their timers. Right, mm -hmm. like your queue is long no matter who you are now. Yeah, like it doesn't like I'm like gold, like high gold platinum. So one of the busiest areas, right? Like the two busiest areas should be like high silver, low gold, um, and and up to like platinum, mid platinum. So mid silver to mid plat, right? That's right. your your peak. That's where everybody's at. Yep. And if I want to play DPS, I'm waiting like ten minutes mm -hmm. for a game, and that. You'd think that would be one of the biggest issues for them to solve. And I, I had heard conversations about changing it from, like, to one tank, uh, three DPS, two right. support. I personally, I just think, why don't you just go, like, three DPS, three flex? Or, if, like, some, some, I mean, you got you to gotta figure out yeah, a way to fix if, that. If they do one tank, I will never play that game again. Solo tanking in Overwatch is the worst <laughs> thing that you, you can do. It's so not fun. It's really not enjoyable, so... Yeah, they're know. just but they're just their thought processes. Like first off, I don't really care about solo tanking, but but the thing is if you like if you're solo tanking, you need to be picking that up with more supports or your damage needs to be really good or you're playing a different style of game. Yeah. Right? Like you can't play Reinhardt as a solo tank. You just get like yeah, you just get the start. You, to, you pretty it's, much like you have to play Diva or Roadhog and you're just a DPS with more life. For me, it's it's been for the past 2 years at least. The tanking experience has been ignored and like tanking is not fun anymore it was kind of fun during goats and i liked goats even though that was an unpopular opinion back then now it's getting more popular i don't i don't it's not very fun right now so we'll see we will see um just we don't want to want to talk about this but we'll just touch on it if you don't know overwatch league has moved to youtube um yep. so you will be finding overwatch on youtube i mean caesar and i talked about this a little bit um, a lot of people think this is a bad move. Neither of us necessarily believe it's a bad move. Mm -hmm. I think it's a great move because they're thinking about replayability as opposed to live viewership. Mm -hmm. um, and YouTube yes. just has far better VOD review, far more interest, and a lot more people. So I think their playbacks are going to get them a lot more numbers than they've been getting on Twitch. Uh, mm -hmm. Caesar thinks it's a good idea because of the international audience that exists on YouTube as opposed to Twitch because Twitch is a primarily North American and um, Chinese and Korean, well, primarily Korean and North, North American, American, yeah. Um, so there's there's a little bit of Chinese group on there, but like YouTube is popular everywhere, um, especially Latin America um, and uh, China and Southeast Asia too. Is YouTube big in China? I'm no, sure. I, I, I don't Are think they have it in China. Is it banned? It might be. They might have like their own platform. It's I have no idea. YouTube not being banned in China, I think, would be surprising. Come to think of it, but I don't actually know. Yeah. I mean, they don't have Twitter down there, so. Yeah. Um, okay, so um, we are going to move on to our segment here. Um, so uh, we have this cool segment that we were supposed to do last week, and we're going to do it right now. And it's awesome. We're excited Ooh. about it. So we, we've been talking about our written tests for our tryouts, right? We got our tryouts done. We got our teams. So we're just going to share a few of our favorite answers from our test, um, if I can find some cool music, I'm going to put it in right here. Do, 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 something like that. Um, <laughs> that's just going to talk about our favorite answers from our written test. So let's go ahead. Who wants to start? We all have a few. Oh, I a can few? start. I have yeah. like one. Oh, yeah. I have like three. I have a few. 
Um, yeah. All right. Well, then, Caesar, why don't you start? Cool. Uh, so the question is, what is the difference between a CPU and a GPU? And this person, who will remain anonymous, uh, said uh, a CPU is a computer person unit, and the GPU is a gaming person unit. Yes. Very, yes. I, we can see the logic. <laughs> let, let, let's just say that. So we had another answer. I've got one that I'm looking at that says almost the same thing, right? CPU is an AI. I don't know what a GPU is. So let's, let's start by saying that a CPU is a central processing unit. Correct. Right? Yes. Your processor. And the GPU is your graphics processing unit, a.k.a. Mm -hmm. your video card. Right? right. So this is a technological question. And what we're getting is that a lot of our players are thinking that the CPU is essentially like a, an AI-controlled computer player Which that you're playing against, right? Yep. It, it, it makes sense. It does. It, it, if you just see the CPU part, you're like, oh, yeah. I mean, Smash, right? You're right. like playing a level 9 CPU. Right. Like, that's I a mean, thing. Plenty of other games, too. Exactly. You know? Like, so. it's, it's well, sometimes they're bots, but sure. still. It's, I guess bots is the more is it called thing. A, is, it, is it called a CPU? In Smash, Smash, it is. actually yes. called yeah. a CPU. Yeah. Interesting. Super interesting. Yeah. So, like, if if it were just CPU by itself, I would get, I right. would get it. Yeah. But, but there's also GPU the GPU. There. Yeah. yeah. But if it's you don't know what either one means, and you just see one, and you've seen it before. Yeah. yeah. You just answer one. Ra Raven matrices, kids. This is why practice your Raven matrices. Okay. Um, <laughs> when it, we're talking about categorization, right? Mm. It's always life is a lot about categorization and being able to make those contextual connections that allow you to understand the context of the answers mm. and questions <laughs> you're looking for. Um, uh, we'd like to thank hockey for their background noises for today. Um, cool. So let's move on. What's the next one? Do we want to go to VR and AR? Yeah, sure. I have, a, I have a bunch of those. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, those tend to be the interesting Those are the ones. best ones. Yeah. Oh yeah. We got a few, we got a few good VR and AR ones. Uh, I got a kind of decent one. So VR is uh, virtual reality. AR is actual reality. MR is make-believe reality. <laughs> uh, that's a pretty decent one. What do you got, Caesar? Um, VR is virtual reality. AR is augmented reality. Mm -hmm. So far, so good. MR is middle range. And extra, uh, XR is extra range with no E. Yes. <laughs> extra range. Extra. Is very extra. Yeah, I got this guy says virtual reality is VR. AR is an assault rifle. MR is multi rounds. Uh, I don't know what XR is. So got, got a lot of assault rifles. Yeah, I got one. This one also America. said assault rifle. He got VR, right? And he goes assault rifle. And then MR is more rice. Wait, what? More rice. More rice. <laughs> more rice? And XR is extra rice. Extra. So he's rice. probably pretty hungry when he was taking this test. Oh my god. Uh, look, we all love rice. Yo, rice can I get some? Yeah, we're, we're, can I get some MR with that sushi? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, sushi. I'm never gonna live that down. I'm gonna be doing this all the time. Can I get some MR and some XR on yeah. that? <laughs> like, actually, forget MR. Let's just go straight to XR. Um, okay. Right. I'm sorry. I got distracted by a Twitch commercial. Oh, nice. For a show I am absolutely going to watch. Oh, the... Uh, Mythic Quest, Raven's Banner, yeah. from the creators of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, focused on gaming, esports, and virtual reality, mm -hmm. and it's probably going to be hilarious. Um, be prepared to make fun of... You're going to be made fun oh. of, guys. Oh, yeah. I think I'm going to watch that just for, like, memes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about it. Um, yeah, get thick skin, gamers. The time has come. We've, we've been accepted. Take a half half step on my Captain Degression stand. We have been accepted as a real point of mainstream. Okay? Yeah. We are now part of the mainstream, which means 
get ready because Big Bang Theory is coming. I, for I was going to say, as long as it's Sweet not Jesus. like Big Bang Theory, Sweet. we'll be fine. Well, there. I mean, if you, the thing about Big Bang Theory was the first three seasons were actually oh. nerd humor. Yeah, it was very intelligent humor. It was very nerd focused, and they realized that their audience was the biggest when it was making fun of the nerds and not when that they were getting the most laugh and the most reaction. So they started touring it kind of in the direction of making mm-hmm. fun of the nerds instead of making it nerd humor. So I, I stopped watching. My, my dad is a big fan of uh, Big Bang Theory. And like, I don't know, every time I buy uh, like a figure or something for my room, he's like, oh, you're like Howard? I'm like, oh, oh my God, God dude. Uh, Stop. Okay. Let me, i just like to point out though, Howard did marry like one of the sexiest chicks on the planet. So it's not, true. it's not a, a too bad of a problem to have. Uh, okay. Where are we at? Who's up? Who's up? I got some good ones. I right got here. nothing. So you go ahead. You got, you got another I got, one? I've got no, one. So you can start Rafe and I'll, then I'll take it. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I've got, I want to, I've only got one left. I think we're two left technically. And they're what I think are the best. Oh, okay. So why don't you go ahead and then I'll, I'll end on them. Cool. Um, so this one is briefly explain what an ability cooldown is. Mm. And the answer was to cool your gun down to reload faster. Wow. Yep. <sighs> yep. And that is the ability to cool down. Okay. So uh, <laughs> I've got, I've got two left that we'll look at and, and one of them, I actually, okay, so we asked this question. It said, in Apex Legends, there are different types of weapons. Weapons that use light ammo and shred armor, or heavy weapons that have stopping power. Assume you only have a light weapon and a heavy weapon. Which should you choose first in most scenarios? So obviously, in most scenarios, based on what we're saying, people are going to have armor. You want to shred that armor, you're going to use a light weapon. This is the obvious That's answer. What the question is asking. Yes. yes. However, this incredibly young individual answered it depends on what weapons you have you might have a p2020 and a flat line or an r99 and a longbow so he didn't think the most scenarios right kind of skipped over the most scenarios part but what he's saying is he's like look man if i got a p2020 and a flat line i don't care how much armor you have i'm not busting out my handgun and spraying you with light which i appreciate um i appreciate it so i shared it same person gave us in my opinion the best answer we got on any question So he asked a question about verbs and loops. For example, Mario, the noun, can jump, the verb. That is the primary verb in Mario. If you guys don't know that, the primary verb in Mario is jump, right? So we said jump a lot. Jump man. Jump, jump man, exactly. So what is a primary, like Pac-Man, right? What is Pac-Man's primary verb? Pac. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Eat. (laughs) Eat, right? Eat, Eat. probably. Move move or eat, yeah. yeah. It's kind of always eating. Movement is eating, right? So they're, but, but yeah. So, the primary verb in an FPS such as Apex Legends. Now, we said a primary verb and not the primary verb. So we got a lot of good answers. We got, mm-hmm. we got slide. Yeah. We got loot. Mm-hmm. We got shoot. Right? These are all pretty good. I mean, kill. Right? Okay. We're all cool with this. But this guy said, be toxic. <laughs> be toxic. <laughs> and he spelled it T-O-X-I-C-K. Because I just want to point out that you're not truly toxic until you're toxic <laughs> with a K. Now we ask the second part to this question. Give us an example of a core gameplay loop. In Super Mario Brothers, a core gameplay loop is ru- find new map, run along map, kill enemies, avoid obstacles, collect coins, rescue hostage, defeat boss, run along new map, right? We go from one map to the next. We do the same thing every time mm-hmm. in a linear sense. Can you give us an example of a core gameplay loop from another <laughs> title? This guy decided to stay with the Apex vibe and said, land. Grab weapons, be toxic, shoot, 
get wrecked. Hey. <laughs> now, to be completely honest, that's pretty much what happens in most games yep. of Apex, at least in my, in my experience. Yeah. Right? I land, I grab some weapons, I get angry, I shoot, <laughs> I die. So, yeah, in so many terms. But this was get awesome. Wrecked. This was also the youngest By tryout far. we had. And I appreciate that person. Mom and dad say he may want to do some YouTube stuff. I said I would absolutely watch every minute of it because uh, <laughs> that kid is hilarious. Yep. Um, cool. So that's some of our, our, our segment there. Outro music. Right. There we go. Um, we'll see if I can actually like edit in some music for that. Um, cool. So those are our segments, our little pieces that we do at the beginning, right? But we do actually have a topic that we want to talk about. Correct. Something interesting for us to share with your ear holes. <laughs> what is it going to be, Daniel? It's going to be information density in games because uh, last night I was watching my wife play Street Fighter 4, Ultra Street Fighter 4, for the first time. Right, She's been getting into fighting games. She's playing Smash recently, and she's been loving Smash so much she wants to get into the whole fighting game thing. So watching her play this, she decided that she wanted to play Chun-Li. Right? Oh. And yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Right? Because Chun-Li has the thighs, and she's like really into big thighs. She loves it. Right? So she decides she wants to play Chun-Li. And I don't know if you guys have ever played Street Fighter. I'm sure you have. I'm sure you both have, actually. Very but briefly. Yes. Chun-Li's inputs are not intuitive. No. Right? It's not straightforward. And so watching her attempt to decipher the... First of all, there is no tutorial in this game. Right? So... I had to sit there and explain to her. I was like, this means to hold this backwards and then do it forward, mm-hmm. backwards, forward, and hit a button, right? Mm-hmm. The timing of this is difficult. All these other things are difficult. And Street Fighter just expects you to figure it out, right? And a lot of games do that, like a lot. Even ones with tutorials, like I would say League has a tutorial, right? Mm-hmm. But there's just a lot of stuff that League expects you to figure out. They will never tell you, right? right? Um, and so getting into games, even for an experienced gamer, I'm trying to get back into League right now myself, and it's disgusting. I hate it. Um, I mean, I'm having fun, but I hate how much information I'm having to take in mm-hmm. every single game, watching the map change, watching all the new champions, like watching Set destroy me and my entire team. He could pretty much 1v5 all of us, mm-hmm. and I just don't understand what's going on. Got to know how to play against Set. <laughs> I guess, man. Um, and so, like, if I wanted to play Overwatch, for example, there's a lot going on in Overwatch, and it'd be super difficult for me to learn it. Obviously, yeah. I would learn it, and I would get it, right? But it's just a ton of information. Sure. Yeah. Fighting games are complicated in the sense that I, I remember someone said earlier that fighting games are the easiest esport to get into when you're watching them mm. because they're very basic in that there's one like it's one v one and you're just seeing people punch each other. True. It's simple, right? But then you pick up a fighting game and it's so complicated. Like trying to do what people are doing in the esport is so hard. I remember well I. I obviously I always played Smash as a kid, but right. it wasn't the same as like competing. The real the first real fighting game I ever played was Marvel versus Capcom two. Oh snap. Which is gonna be Evo this year. Yeah, um, so I remember very specifically this was th- this was back in the days where I was still like a, like an achievement hunter in the three sixty mm-hmm. and like I wanted to unlock all of the achievements for, for Marvel vs. Capcom two. And one of them was to get to, like, rank 10 or something online. And I just remember going online and getting, like, absolutely demolished. <laughs> like, I, I don't think I blocked a single hit. Like, oh I, I, don't think I, could, I don't think I got, like, I think I got perfect match to, like, it was super bad. And I was like, what the hell is this? How do I learn this? Right. And, like, I started getting into it. And I remember 
the first thing I was taught was how to do an advancing card, which if you don't know, it's you, you block back and then when you get hit, you move forward at the same time you get hit. Right. And, and that, that pushes the person yeah. back. Pushes yeah. them back. Like, I think I was like 12 years old. <laughs> Grasping that concept was so hard for me. Oh, he right. was 12 yeah. years old. Mm -hmm. What? He was 12 years old. Marvel vs. Capcom 2? I mean, like, we were in the military. I was playing Marvel vs. Capcom 2 while we were oh, in the military. Well, this was like way after it was yeah, out. Like, right? yeah, this was like three, I yeah. was playing on the 360. Like, yeah. 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 I know, me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I also remember very specifically before Smash Ultimate came out. I was like, you know what? I, I want to take Ultimate seriously, so I'm going to start playing a fighting game before that and like learn some concepts and see if they translate. So I picked up Dragon Ball Fighters. Oh, boy. Um, and Dragon Ball Fighters has this advantage over a lot of games where combos and specials are all the same movement. It's just a quarrel circle forward. Right, yeah. Arc System Wars mm -hmm. has been doing this for a while. So it's, it's pretty pretty basic in that sense, but at the same time, like learning for me, learning neutral and like plus and minus on block and <laughs> uh, aerial rushes and all this took me so long. Right. It's so hard and it's so much information that not just to take in, but like to to do with your fingers. Yeah, right. Um, learning the bread and butters for those characters in those games took me a long time and nowadays I can just do it by memory. It's, it's just muscle memory. Mm -hmm. But I remember having to, first of all, you look at the, like a Reddit post or something and it's like, you just see, I, th I think you see numbers, like 2H, right? Oh you God, see 2H, right. H, H, H uh, Y, L, L, and you're like, what the hell is this? But it looks like an alien language, and then yeah. slowly but surely you start, it's like, oh, it's a heavy Light, attack. Heavy, right. so you, and then 2 is down, because it's... it's yeah, uh, they have the number pad right. labeled out for all your areas, right? So right. like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Exactly. That's a lot easier than like, because when I first started playing Chun-Li, right, like with Street Fighter, you were like, Okay, court, you're you're at quarter down front, right? <laughs> so you mm -hmm. two seconds back to quarter down front to to half circle to quarter down back to to forward, right? right. That right. was like her big movement for like a flip upside down like twist kick, right? Like mm -hmm. a little like sort of two second. Uh, I forget the name of Ken and Ryu's like whirlwind kick, but Tatsu, Tatsu? yeah, like Tatsudaki Simpukun, I think. I don't, I don't think so. I know I it's, think it's Tatsu. Tatsumaki. Tatsumaki, yeah, Senpukiaku. you're right. Yeah. See, this is why See, I don't, I don't, I don't know. pronounce it. <laughs> I'm sitting here in my camouflage shirt and my hoodie. All I know is Smash players call it just Tatsu. Mm -hmm. that's, that's all I know. And that's fine. But, yeah, she does, like, she flips upside down. She does, like, two kicks and then flips back with, like, a downward kick, right? And so, like, to do that, like you said, they're not intuitive. No. Like, at all. No. So, um, but... Yeah, now they have the number system, which helps out a lot, and the H and the L's and mm -hmm. everything. So, like, you can look at it, and it does disgusting. If you look, look online, disgusting. like, it's not going to be, like, in-game. Yeah, it's That's not in-game. That's the issue. Well, I know, but, but like, It's, like, very community-focused. Look, man, when I was playing Street Fighter, there was no online, okay? okay. <laughs> 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 online was just coming out. Like, I'm Super Nintendo, you know what I'm talking about? Right. You're, like, sitting there, you're like... Why is this all Blanca can do? <laughs> like, <laughs> all right, if I hold down and I press B rapidly, I light on electricity. Right, right? right. like I'm good. Uh, <laughs> so, but so things have changed a lot, right? Obviously. Um, so, okay, there's two different types of fighting games, right? You had talked to me about this. There's one with like a chain, oh, chain links inputs, and Gatlings. links and Gatlings. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then the difference there is that uh, which one is the one that allows me to 
repeated the input. Gatlings. So Gatlings. Okay. Right. And that's, so that's like that's typically MVC. What, yeah, Arc System. That's like, yeah. Arc, also MVC. Yeah. Fighters. Dragon Ball Fighters, Blaze Blue, that sort of thing. Yeah. They're more like rhythm games. Yeah. Which yes. is very interesting. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, if you look at Dragon Ball Fighters and those sorts of games, mm -hmm. and you apply musical theory to them, mm. it's way easier to learn combos if you think about it as music theory. Well, that's that is yeah. a huge discussion. And but, that, yeah, yeah, I don't, I didn't think about music discussion, but that does explain because Marvel versus Capcom. Uh, well, okay, so before Marvel versus Capcom, there's two other games that I really liked. Right, one was a Marvel game, Marvel and the Soul, like what Marvel and the, the the Stones, the Power Stones. I forget the name oh, of the man. game. Uh, but it was a, a Marvel game where you got to oh. pick characters yeah. and you like about. collected soul stones, power stones. Like you collected yeah. the stones and they, they you could use them to like leech life, to add strength, right. to slow down time. It was awesome. And this is before Marvel was Capcom. Capcom, yes. Yeah, I, and I, then, I think so. I've played it. And then the next game to come out was the – was it Marvel versus Street Fighter? It was like where yeah. you could – and so you had like, and and I I remember like playing Wolverine and Akuma were like my my two picks, mm -hmm. and then Marvel versus Capcom came out, right? And that was like, okay, I was like, yes, this is I love this game style. I love the swaps. I love all this. NBC mm -hmm. two came out, and that was like the game I played on Xbox, right? I would right. on my 360, I would play two games, Guitar Hero, right, and Marvel versus Capcom two. Mm. And I had the same experience you did. I thought I was so good at that <laughs> game. And you didn't yep. get to – I don't know if you were there when it. Davis came over to my place. Yeah, and we I were having so. a, we had a big party. And I was like, cool. Anybody want to play some games? He's like, oh, but what do you got? And I was like, MVC2. And you guys don't know our friend Davis, but he's a very big into the fighting community. I think he's in Kansas City, in the Kansas City fighting community. Huh. Very good fighting game player. <laughs> Not like me, right? I thought I was good at this game. And I was good right like, quote unquote like good yeah like yeah. i'm gonna beat all my friends i'm gonna beat most people i meet in an arcade right yeah. like, most like, mm -hmm. non like dudes who come up to me and can't speak english and i look at them and go okay this is gonna be a terrible thing and then they do stuff <laughs> on you know the, the the arcade pad and i'm going oh my god okay i didn't get to yeah. move this game right? <laughs> the game started nope. and then i was dead okay so but davis pretty much did that to me right like anytime i made a, an error or a mistake it was just like instant punishment yep. yeah yes and so that was one of my first experiences with learning that. And, of course, I've always learned that through Smash Brothers, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You talked about how easy it is to see – you'd like to watch fighting games and be like, yes. And I, you have to remember when I was sitting next to you at DreamHack. I remember that, yes. And we're watching it, and I'm going, do they turn up the speed? Like, they, they, <laughs> yeah. What, what do they do here? Because it, it does not yeah. – if you've never watched Pro Smash and then watched, like, your friends playing on the couch, watch them side by side. And it looks like two. Yeah. It looks like one is on like fast forward. Yeah. It. it that was so funny because I, I was talking to Rafe like the day before, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't know that. Like, I don't know that uh, Smash is like that good of a spectator sport. Like, I don't think it's it's very interesting <laughs> okay. to watch." And I was like, "I was just <laughs> Yo, like, all right, all right, sure." And we were done with our shift, so I just go over to the to top eight for DreamHack Dallas, and I'm just watching it. And then Rafe and James come over, and like I just from from the side of my eye, I'm just like. Rafe is having such a good time here, uh -huh. and like he, the the match finishes, and he he's like, "That was so good. That was so fun." <laughs> I was just blown away by how fast everything was moving. Like I was, mm. I I literally <laughs> asked Caesar at that point, like, "Do they play on a different setting?" And he's like, "No." no. Yep. I'm like, "Well, it's so fast." And he goes, "Fast falls, teching. Yep. Like it's just a lot of stuff they do." Mm -hmm. And it was at that moment that I realized, like, "Oh my god, this is an iceberg of a game." 
Like, yeah. it, it, there's so much stuff under the surface. So you can sit down and play it and be like, oh, I'm having a good time playing Smash Brothers. Right. And then you get to know the game and you're like, what the crap? Yep. I have to do all of these things. There's so many. And that's a Link game, right? No, I think actually Smash has buffering, right? So It does, yeah. Like, it's like slightly, yeah. Like, it, I don't think the list is nearly as long as like Blaze Blue. Well, that, okay. So the thing about Smash with me is it doesn't feel anything like the fighting games I play and love. Right. Because I have to wait and then input, and then wait, and then input, and then wait, and oh, then you're input. Well, you mean that moves can't be canceled into the other so easily as other fighting games, right? It's not just canceling. Like, I can't... If I'm playing Marvel vs. Capcom, mm-hmm. sure. I can essentially input my move, and then input my next move, and then input my next move, and, like, they'll play out. Right. My moves so will saying, play like, one into the next into the next. because it's keeping a list of inputs. I'm saying the list in Smash is not nearly as long as the list in Marvel vs. Capcom, but that doesn't mean it's not a Gatling system. Yeah, so like the buffer system in in Dragon Ball Fighters and M- MVC is like longer, like, so like you can continue to input stuff. But like Smash Ultimate has a lower system, so then you can only input like your next move. You can't input three moves down. Right, that makes a difference in like the rhythm of play. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So essentially, at, in that point, I have to wait until my final move is coming out, which is kind of always. Then put in my next move. Wait for that move to be in process, yes, actually, yeah. and then put in the next one. Yeah, yeah. That's just that's not how I necessarily operate. I operate on the, a very rhythmic, like a rhythmic system mm-hmm. in my head. I'm just do to do, yeah, to do, and it works very well for me. That's why I like fighting games. Smash just feels it'll, very different, and it'll mess you up in Smash because there's DI. Oh yeah, so like true. In 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 Dragon Ball Fighters and MVC. Correct me if I'm wrong, DI, but like by the way, is directional influence while we're talking about density and thank you. games. Yeah. Go ahead. So in, in those games, when you're getting hit, at least in Dragon Ball Fighters, and you notice this a lot, I used to watch Leffen stream Dragon Ball Fighters. When he gets hit and he, uh, uh, the opponent is starting a combo on him, he literally drops the controller. He's like, all right, I'm going to look at Twitch chat now. I mean, because <laughs> there's nothing you can do about it. Maybe if you get lucky, they'll drop a combo, but at that level of play, like, you, you, there's not much you can do. Like, if you mash, you're just going to get punished harder. In Smash, though, you still have control over what's happening to right. you. So it's more of a... Well, so Smash is a much less combo-based game. Like, there's combos, yeah. but, like, I think maybe the longest combos I've seen in Smash are, like, six inputs. How long? What's the longest sure. combo you've seen in Street Fighter? Uh, I mean, Street Fighter's combos aren't necessarily that long either, but, mm-hmm. like, if you look at, like, Tekken... Or just Dragon Ball, and what's the arena fighter with all of like Naruto and stuff? Jump Force. So Jump Force, right? <laughs> yeah, the biggest uh, fighting game of 2019. Oh yeah. Like, cross tag battle, right? Blaze Blue cross tag battle, um, MVC, <laughs> MVC. Like we're talking right. hundred battle uh, yeah, hundred hit combos. I guess. Yeah. I, guess, I watched. Actually. Okay, at Evo last year, so. cross tag battle was over in one mistake. Often the fights yeah. were literally like a guy made a mistake, and the person's like, oh. Thank you for the win. I'm just conflating, yeah. right? There, there are long combos. It's just exceedingly easy compared to normal fighting games. So yeah. it feel as long. Also, I mean, I think <laughs> one of the other things about Smash is that you have stocks, right? So, like, you can't end the game in a combo. True. You might be able to take a stock, but then we reset. So that definitely mm. changes the pace of the game. Right. Also, because of the manner of the game, there's knockback. So most of what you're doing for the combo is just to get knockback, right? Right. Well, and once I'm knocked back, I have some more agency over what's happening from there with that directional right. influence piece. Exactly. Yep. That's what I meant. Yeah. And this is so, right now we're talking about one type of game. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's sub-games in here because we're talking about platform fighter versus multi, multi-character multi fighters mm -hmm. versus single-character fighters with inputs. We talked about Gatlings. We talked about Links. Uh, give me an example of a Link fighting game. Street Fighter. Oh, so Street Fighter is Links. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Or Mortal Kombat, right? Have you ever tried to put in too many inputs in a Street Fighter combo? Like buffer an input? Because it won't, it won't come out. Yeah, I, I've always just thought of that as like a slower-paced game. It's slower-paced because of that. <laughs> yeah. Mortal, um, Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Very good Justice. Yeah. Yes. Well, Mortal Kombat. Soul Calibur. Mortal Kombat Soul is Calibre. interesting. I never played Injustice. I saw a lot of people are really Injustice like Injustice um, She was great. Yeah. Just, uh, I have the same issue that I have with Mortal, Mortal Kombat. Kombat. Just like the input system is. And the garbage, garbage animation. Weird as hell. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've never noticed that. Dude, but, it's so yeah. bad. Dude. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was, I was, Mortal Kombat was huge for me when I was a kid. And I just stopped. I'm sure. I bought. I just stopped. I just was not. It just did not hold my interest. Yeah, I agree. I, I bought nine. I played it for a little bit. I but played like, nine for a bit. I yeah. never. Nine story was pretty good for a Mortal Kombat game. I had a good time doing that, but I do I, not remember anything. I'm yeah. just not sure yeah. why I've always been like FPS RTS, like always. Mm. Like my games of choice have always been FPS RTS games. Like I love, <laughs> Man, I love Starcraft, love Warcraft, and you like, know, obviously I, RTS are like some of the most information dense games there are. I like right? RTSs too, yeah. but. But FPS is, well, they have a lot of information. I don't know if I'll say there's information dense as StarCraft. If you want to, well, depends on, the, depends on the FPS. I suppose right? so. It really depends on the FPS. Very different FPS games out there, right? When we talk about Battlefield, incredibly information dense game with yeah. huge maps. True. Giants. I mean, like, the fact of the matter is, when I played Battlefield, I could not fly. Like, I just, I wanted some, somebody to take right. me somewhere so I can shoot someone. Yeah. Right. Like I will snipe. I would snipe in <laughs> Battlefield all day long, and I loved the sniping system. Right, because we had right. adjustments and scope adjustments and ways to literally long shot people. And the maps are so big that you can be a really good sniper and be a very valuable piece of a team. But like, there's guys that were gods in planes who would kill like half a team, right? <laughs> and, and you'd just see them flying. It's like a, a, it was well, almost <laughs> a simulator level flying, right? Mm -hmm. So. Right. The whole game. I tried to fly in Battlefield. It didn't have go you, very well. Yeah, it didn't go very well for me. Either. Have you ever seen like those clips where like people are flying on a plane and then they drop out like rocket launcher someone on another plane oh, and then they, yeah. they get back, back in the plane? plane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that always surprised me about yeah. Battlefield. Yeah. Yeah. Battlefield was, I mean, honestly. Oh, I think Battlefield's dope. It's Battlefield one of the most was underrated FPSs out there. Yeah, yeah. Easy. Yeah. Easy. I, I don't understand. I mean, I do understand because I get why players play Call of Duty. Yeah, Call of Duty is very arcadey. So Yes. Yeah. It's very easy to get I know exactly why. It's incredibly not information. Dance. Yeah, no. It's you run around and shoot people, and that's yeah. it. And so, like, yeah, there's some... So we kind of talk about, like, the iceberg game of Smash Brothers, right? Right. <laughs> Call of Duty is, like, a, a, an iceberg game, and then when you get under the surface, you realize, oh, there's not that much here. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's just... It's it's sort of like all the ice is above the water, and there's a little bit of ice under the water. So, uh, you know, it's very... So what do we call this? Uh, barrier and entry? Yeah, I'll the, say the barrier to entry is pretty low. The too. barrier to entry is incredibly low when it comes to uh, Call of Duty. Mm -hmm. you know, just jump in and play. Maybe. Battlefield is much, much higher. Yeah. And it's like Planet Side, right? Like, Planet Side was great, but you just get in the game and you're like, why? How long am I in this game? Like, what, <laughs> what is going on right now that I have to, like, I'm looking for a fight and then I just fall over dead? And it's like, oh, well, that was fun. So what about if somebody wanted to play WoW today for the first time? Oh, I think that would go. I think it would go very easily. Well, actually. oh, do you yeah. think so? Um, because WoW has a really well-developed tutorial system for your yes, early levels. That is true, right? You start. So let's let's compare. I want to 
I think this is great. Let's compare WoW to League of Legends. Sure. Right? So in WoW, you have all these different characters. You have character builder. You have all of this stuff. But So what we're doing is we're scaffolding, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, you jump in. You pick a character. Right? You can literally just go however the hell you want, right? Like, oh, I just want to I want to be an alliance, right? Because I want to be the good guy. Uh, I want to be a human because it relates to me. Um, I'm really interested in big, beefy, muscular, tanky type guys. So I'm going to pick like a human warrior, right? And this is obviously as basic as it gets, but so we could do that, right? Or maybe a, let's say like a gnome mage or something, right? Dwarf okay. Can you play gnomes now? You play, you can play gnomes from the beginning. It's, I was actually, yes. You're so, always good. Yeah. So it's like from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> so I pick a mage or I pick a, a tank, I get in the game and I start out with one skill. Yeah. <laughs> True. Okay. I have one skill mm-hmm. and there's a dude literally standing in front of me with a big gold, a big cue, a visual cue that says, freaking talk to me. Click <laughs> on me, right? And then I click on the person, it talks to me, it assigns me a quest. It says, Go do go kill ten boar. Yeah. Go kill a few of these. Bring me back the loot. So you learn how to loot. Right? You learn the basic systems of combat. You understand how to use a skill. You get a level. They go, hey, you leveled up. That's great. You get some new stats and some other stuff. And they're like, hey, by the way, you should learn some new skills. I, There's a trainer over here. I think the information density in games like World of Warcraft does not necessarily come from the mechanics of it, mm. at least at the beginning, but rather the world building. Okay, sure. And that's what I love about these games, like just being dropped into a world and you're like, all right, what the hell is that monster walking around? And then the quest giver is like, oh, yeah, we've had this uh, kobold problem for 10 years because this happened and this happened. And you're like, So you're cool. saying essentially that the information horizon is just not nearly so close when you started a game like this versus like mm-hmm. It's just scaffolded game. better. When, right. It's, it's so like a fighting game, the end game of a fighting game versus the first level of a fighting game is exactly the same. Nothing has really changed. The, the information density comes from, okay, Ryu versus Ken versus Chun-Li versus Blanca. They have different skills, different inputs. They have different strength to their moves. There's little intricacies I have to learn about everything. If you jumped someone into WoW, right? Like we have, so in the background right now, we have the Twitch stream of like the final boss yep. uh, for the Mythic Dungeon. Um, what's, the, <laughs> what's the current Mythic again? Uh, Nihilotha, the Waking City. Nihilotha, the Waking City, which it does look like these guys are, are these guys about to beat it? No. No, this, this is... This is actually the previous boss? Yeah, right? this is the 10th boss. Okay. Yep. So, so what we're, we're watching this in the background. If you dropped someone in who had never played the game into what's going on now, they would have no idea. <laughs> oh, yeah. What is happening? Like, they literally would, you wouldn't, it would take you weeks of trying to do this for them to figure out what the heck was going on mm-hmm. because there's so much happening that like they couldn't possibly absorb all the information. Mm-hmm. So it just scaffolds really well. So you start out with a very small amount of information. And I agree with Caesar. What's happening is when we talk about like gamer archetypes, right? When we get back into that conversation, world of Warcraft offers opportunities for everyone from all archetypes to yes. enjoy the game. Mm-hmm. It's an exploration-based game where you interact with the environment. It's a social game where you must interact with other people in order to succeed, to succeed at the top levels, right? It's an active game where you act on the environment to mine, to you know, loot, to, to find new creatures and kill them. And it's a PvP-based game, if you want it to be, where you act on other players. So it's created this entire universe where all of these things come into play. And when you get to the top level, the information is huge, mm. like absurd, like mm-hmm. probably larger than any other game I can think of right now, except for maybe like, you know, Eve or um, yeah. oh, like other MMOs that are just more intense. Yeah. Um, and then 
you know, but that's like, it's, it's just basic developmental skills. Sure. We develop people by scaffolding things for them so that they learn little bits at a time. Jumping into this, this mythic is like dropping a six-year-old into like, you know, Calc 2 and being like, good luck in Calculus 2, buddy. And the kid's like, but I haven't learned how to add yet. Mm. And you're like, you'll be okay. Right? Like that's, that is how I feel about League of Legends. Right. Yeah. That is like, that's just how League of Legends is. They're like, it's like somebody put a parachute on you and like dropped you into Afghanistan and was like, good luck, buddy. You're going to survive. Well, right. That, that is exactly what we're going to do. I talked to Daniel about this. Oh, we're going to do a yeah. video series where I get dropped into League of Legends with you guys and I have to figure it out by myself. Yep. Oh, it's gonna be good content. Uh huh. You know you want this. Like, <sighs> uh huh. Deep down inside. Deep down inside. I mean, I guess I want to do that, but the only reason I really want to do that is because of the explanation. Like, I would love to lower the barrier to entry for League of Legends. Well, yeah. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah, that's yeah, a good yeah. way to do it. That's, that's, that's what we I learn yeah. along with the audience. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fine. I mean, it's I don't think you're learning it on your own, but I mean, we'll 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 see. We'll. Okay, we'll, we'll talk about this when the content begins. Yeah. Uh, it's a good idea. It's a great idea. I mean, if you guys, you know, League of Legends is a fantastic game outside of the community, right? The community is right. Yeah. something God, else. being exposed right. to the League community again is just blowing my mind, man. I'm like, actually very excited to see something happening. Yeah. Computers, laptops, well, keyboards. I'm, you want to hate them, too. Dude. You do. that. I don't know what it is about League. Like, it makes you... I I just like I'm not in Apex like it's very easy for me to just not be toxic even when my players are doing dumb stuff like just break off go jumping on your by yourself and you're just doing your own thing or a guy like steals stuff from me I'm still like all right whatever man but man dude like the amount of information you get in any given moment in Apex is not like League dude because you have a mini map so scroll over the entirety of the map and look at the entire game state at all times so do you believe that information leads to higher levels of physiological arousal? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> what the? <laughs> i don't know man <laughs> so okay like, here's here's the thing about it right and i mean i'll be giving this talk you know next week right? okay, and sure. so uh-huh. my my theory this is my theory based on what i've read from research and you know different stuff for anybody who doesn't know my background my background is is you know in a few different things but in college uh my interests were psychology geography conflict mediation i did a lot of research studies on self-efficacy i did an honors thesis on self-efficacy um I'm very interested in the way we respond to things. We always have this conversation about video games and violent video games, specifically making people more aggressive. But the truth is we've had this conversation. Aggression comes from a lot of other things, Mm -hmm. right? If you play sports, you're likely to become more aggressive. If you play games, period, you're probably likely to become more aggressive, especially if they're social competitive games. What I believe is the key to this is physiological arousal, right? As humans, when we're calm, when we're in a calm, relaxed state, it's much less likely for you to like bother us. Right. Like, you're not going to make me want to punch you when I'm calm. Right. I have to become physiologically aroused. Right. I have to be like, my blood has to be boiling a little bit. Right. And so you work mm-hmm. on that. Like it takes some time to do that. This happens. Like if you get in a car accident, right? Like we talked about you getting in a car accident. Right. You can be chilling in the car. The second the car accident happens, you're at like 110. Correct. You want to get out and just scream. You want to lose it, or you have the opposite, right? The, I did the actually of, shout to the heavens when I got out of the car. Yeah, dude, you, you get like, right? The same thing, 
causes people to fall madly in love with each other. There is a psychological component to the fact that some people are in really intense situations and somebody comes and saves them from that situation. Right. And they're so physiologically aroused by the situation that they plant all of the emotion that they're feeling into the person who saved them. And their normal like, hey, thank you for what you've done for me turns into like, I love you right. passionately. And right. there's a lot of studies on this. I think the same thing happens in games, right? Now, my question is, well, it does. I love my support. What's that? I I fall in love with my supports every single time. Right, well, yeah. (laughs) But so, you know, in a, a, that's why you bond over teams, right? This is the same concept here. Games, we know this. Games make us very physiologically aroused. They, they, pick up our heart rate they they make our blood pump we mm-hmm. we breathe our our, our mouths get dry mm-hmm. right because we stop swallowing properly we're breathing <laughs> right our eyes dilate like we yeah. these are our physiological systems get really into the games what is it about the game that causes that though what is it about the game is it the intensity of the game like when we talk about a game like apex the game is an intense 24 7 we're not always processing information it's actually very basic if i land at thermal station right now i know exactly where i want to go to loot stuff i'm just like do 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 unless there's somebody literally shooting at me i'm pretty chill the whole time but like a minute and a half into league of legends till the end of the game my 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 body is thinking where are threats what's happening on the map i am processing information at intense rates that's true i am almost never chill that's true like almost never right like there's always something that can go wrong and the second i lower my guard right the second i turn off that physiological arousal and lower my guard i die maybe mm-hmm. maybe that's why raging and like popping off are so common Probably. in fighting games that's, well, that's what I'm saying. Fighting games are the exact same way. Yeah, right. There is no just chill in a fighting game. And yeah, for anybody really. who does, I don't really play them anymore. Right. But when I watch them, I'm like, boom, 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 well, boom, right. boom, boom, well, boom. When, I, when I play at tournaments, like, it, it doesn't matter if it's my like game one or game two. I always like, I sweat and my hands like start shaking. And like, I can feel my heartbeat like go super fast. You get to control it a little bit more as the more you play, but like it's definitely super intense for you as well. Exactly. The more experience you have, the more you, predictability the game has. Mm-hmm. And once you have the predictability feature above you, right, then you allow that to kind of drop off. That's what makes players like Double Lift and people like this so good is that they know the game so well that they can predict what's happening. That's, you know, Fortnite, I talk about Cypher PK a lot. Right. If you watch Cypher PK play, he's always chill. But the reason he's always chill is because he's literally able to tell you exactly exactly what's about to happen right <laughs> right he's like the guy is gonna do x i'm gonna do y he's gonna die because of this and he'll do it and be like see that's what happened and he's chill the entire time so so I'm, is it more the amount of prediction that you have to make right without having like that experience well if you're Just the amount of unknown variables going on in any yes time? that's that's i think what we're talking about here is the amount of variables right if you so to let me, let me actually move to the agency aspect of it as opposed to the environmental aspect of it. Okay. If you, are, if you have more automaticity mm-hmm. in comparison to the game, so mm-hmm. for anybody out there who doesn't understand automaticity, that's the capability for my brain to process information without me actually having to cognitively dedicate resources to it. 
So when I'm learning something new, I have to dedicate resources to doing it. Mm -hmm. That's why driving is so difficult for new drivers. Now, as you begin to get more into driving, you begin to check your mirrors automatically. You begin to look over your shoulder automatically when you're making turns, right? The problem is when mm -hmm. other things come up, right? You need to be able to know that these things are going to happen automatically so right. you can dedicate resources to paying attention to the jackass who's crossing three lanes in front of you, to the screaming baby behind you, and to the person in your driver's seat who thinks it's cool to talk to you about stuff and have you look at things, mm -hmm. right? It's why it's <laughs> so hard to drive and text and look at your phone because when you're looking at your phone, you're thinking about stuff and you're dedicating so many resources to that phone that you start to lose resources that you need to allocate to driving. So if anything right. goes wrong, you can't simply switch over resources. So you have to take that resource from the tiny little aspect of your automaticity, which you have like, you know, in, a, in the comp, when you're thinking about it, you have like 2% of your resources doing the automatic stuff. Mm -hmm. So as we play games, when we talk about Cypher, when we talk about Double Lift, when we look at these games, the more I have in that automaticity bundle, the more resources I have available to deal with the unknowns. Right. Right. And which allows me to kind of save that. And I think the more resources I'm committing, the more physiologically aroused I am. Mm -hmm. At least that's what I'm thinking. I, I have no proof on this one. Yeah, I, right. can't, <laughs> I can't back this up with research. But the way I feel about it is if I am dedicating as many resources as I can to what I'm doing, my brain is like on overdrive, fully focused. Right. Right. And so that can lead to a few things. But it brings me into that question about like. What is the difference between dedicating resources and flow state? Hmm. Well, flow is when challenge meets skill, right? Yes. So, I mean, presumably if you're in a state of flow, you've already gained enough skill to where the game's just not overwhelming you in the first place. Yes. And if you're in a flow state, then that means that your skill is being used optimally, right? So not necessarily more than you can handle at that given point. Does so, that have anything to do with information at all? Because when we think about flow for rock climbers mm -hmm. or for dancers, right? I'm a dancer. I love dancing. I've experienced many flow states when I dance, right? When I'm in that flow state, I don't know that I'm processing information at all. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think it's like, it's pretty much all automatic in flow, right? That's the idea, right? It's just kind of like stream of consciousness going. You're just very good at it at that point. Yes, the, the information goes in and it comes out the other side and there's no lag. It's right. like zero delay. It's like you know, perfect tick rate. Right. Everything just goes in and goes out perfectly. It's mm. fluid. Um, that's why we call it flow, right? Sure. Because the idea is the transistor that I am of where energy is going from one thing to the next, the transformer that is transferring, you know, music to dance is so smooth. You can't tell that there's anything happening there. I'm not thinking right. about it. So then does that mean that just everything I'm doing is in my automatic sensor? Like my automaticity is taking the entire thing. I mean, I guess so. So, assuming it doesn't become harder for you for some reason, hmm. and break you out of that flow channel. Well, then that comes to information processing, right? Probably. Something has come up that yeah. has damaged that channel, right? Or has provided more information than I can possibly handle, or that I have to allocate conscious resource to. Yeah. Very interesting. Indeed. Super cool stuff for me. <laughs> <laughs> Like this is, I think about this all the time, right? We talk about this, but you know, what makes a good quarterback in football? Obviously you have to be able to throw. You need to be a good leader. You have to have great eyesight. You need to really understand what's happening in the game. But a lot of that comes down to information processing. 
I can look at the defense and my offense, know where someone's going to be and when, be able to understand what I have coming at me, who's going to be moving in which direction, how the zone is responding. There's a lot of information processing there that makes a good quarterback. When I think about what makes a good like in-game leader for League of Legends, it's 100% the ability to read a situation and get people to respond to it effectively. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that information processing is like, at least in my opinion, like the number one thing that a player needs to be a good player is you have to be able to process information quickly and information will come at you in the weirdest ways. Yeah. So then are fighting game players, what do we think? How much information are you processing in a fighting game? Uh, a lot. A lot. Yeah. yeah. A ton. Because um, you're processing habits as well as the matchup. Not to mention like prediction. Right. right. Yeah. So reads. So is it a? It's a chess game, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Some people say it's rock paper scissors. I guess chess is another way to put it. It's mm-hmm. probably more complex than that. Yeah. So you have more experience with these kind of games than I do. Which one has more information to process, league or fighting game? <sighs> so, I'm not gonna lie. It's really difficult, and the, the only reason it's difficult to answer that question, well, I guess it's not really difficult, but. Um, a, a match of a fighting game is nowhere near the length of a match of league. Like, it's not even close. Right? Like, 40 minutes of information is just going to trounce five minutes of a match. Now, if a fighting game lasted for 40 minutes, so I guess, like, the minute-per-minute minute information you're taking in, I'm really not sure. <laughs> I think minute-per-minute minute may be fighting games. But I'm not really sure. Very intense for a very short amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, I guess that makes sense because... I feel like your, when it comes to a fighting game versus like a, a MOBA, right? Yeah. The fighting game is much more, there's, there's less possibilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Far less possibilities. Imagine a fighting game with 5v5, right? A 5v5 right. fighter. If you had a 5v5 fighter, all of a sudden there's, a, there's you know, five times the possibilities almost, right? Well, I think it's more than... Yeah, well, sure. yeah. There's uh, my point is though we go up with people, so we have a MOBA. We have five people. Right. I have to be thinking about what each of them are doing, which increases my possibilities. So before we before we bounce out, let's just talk about FPSs then for a second. We okay. already talked about like Battlefield versus um, you know COD, but like what about like Counter Strike or Overwatch? You talked about Overwatch a little bit. Like, what are we actually? What's the information we're processing in Overwatch? Overwatch. Um, I Pos- mean, I don't know the game so well. Position. So. Yeah. Positioning. That's like the biggest one. Team composition? Does that not matter? Composition mm. matters, definitely. Uh, yeah, but I don't think it's that difficult. Difficult and like lengthy of a It is for a new player, though. Right, for a new player. For a new player yeah. jumping in. Okay, I jump into the game and I'm like, oh, I like uh, this, you know, I like this monkey. I'm going to play this gorilla. All right, so mm-hmm. I pick Winston. And the enemy team has a bunch of characters and I don't really know what they do. Right. right. Like I just don't know. Okay, they have a they have a Reaper and and a Tracer. Right. Right. So now we know that we are specifically strong and specifically weak against one of those characters. Mm-hmm. But a new player doesn't necessarily know that. Right. So also, we look at the team comp. And also, do moves have properties? Like. Mm, yeah. Yeah. See, that's that's a lot of information I wouldn't know. Yeah. Like uh, the, armor. Yeah. Armor halves Winston's damage. Mm-hmm. It's just so, like, it's so easy to learn that stuff, though, I feel like. In yeah, yeah, yeah. It's First off, there's only 30 characters. You also, 
you don't process it well you kind of do but it's it's not like constant processing you're like oh wait they have a torb that means my armor can get burnt and that's it right right it's it's not that hard i, th I think the hardest part is where am i relative to my opponent and where do i need to be and then me moving to to that position what space does that give them because space is very important in overwatch so okay. like i think it, it it's it's very it's very 3d the way you think of in overwatch like mm -hmm. it's it's all very spatial interesting because obviously you don't think about that in call of duty so i mean i guess you do in a sort of way but not really. maybe like oh they might they might be in this corner campaign, yeah, but that's about it yeah so okay I would I would argue the same thing, right? But at, when I play Overwatch, I definitely am like, <sighs> right? Like it gets me into the moment. Like I, my mm. mind is racing, everything is flying around. I'm super on edge when I play Overwatch. So what is it about Overwatch that does it to me? What is it about Counter Strike that causes me to be really intense? To make me feel like the game is really intense? Is it the moment by moment possibility of death? Is it? Is What's it the, the margin of error in CS:GO? Non-existent. It's your time to death is one shot most of the time. Good players are going to put an AK shot in your head, you're going to die. Mm. So yeah. time time to you know TTK is like instantly um, for most of the time. Like I, I, there may be games with you know lower TTKs, but mm. it's, it's pretty low. Um, as opposed to Overwatch. Right? Well, depends on who you're playing and who you're playing against. Like, you might see a Widow and just die. Sure. You know? So that might be a little bit of intensity in, in regards to, like, you're watching out for movement. And when you see the Widow, you have to either block it or run away or something like that. I play What's the feedback mechanic right. like in Overwatch? How easy is it for a team to run away with the with the lead? To run away with a lead? Yeah. To snowball? It's It's very easy, but it really doesn't come down to the better team. It comes down to the worst team. Because yes. like trickle effect in Overwatch is is by far the most the worst thing you can do. Yep. The worst thing you can do in Overwatch is fail to regroup. Right? Okay. Like one person dies and they try to run back and then another person dies, right? And you lose the point. Okay, no big deal. Right? You lost the point. Great. But if the first two people who die decide they're gonna run out there and die again, now you've lost huge amounts of time. Sure. And, and that time can be used in other ways. And you've given them ultimate, so Yes. It's not a great position to be in. Yeah. It's it can it can get bad. It can snowball very quickly, yeah. but it almost always comes down to the the worst team, not the better team, forcing mm -hmm. it. Okay. Um, so then that's the case. If it can snowball very easily, would you say the margin of error is very large or very small? If it comes down to the worst team and snowballing is a thing. Uh, I still. I mean, it, but it's like it depends. I don't say the margin of error is small. I don't. What do you think, Caesar? Um. Not like Counter Strike. It's hard. It's hard to say. No. Sure, it might not be like Counter Strike, but you know, um, Call of Duty. Oh, I guess Call of Duty is actually kind of snowballing with their uh, kill streaks, but not like that. yeah. See, but that's the exact opposite, right? right. That's a kill streak, like snowballing from quality of play. Like sure, yeah, that's true. League of, <laughs> League of Legends is double sided. It is double sided. Yes. Right. It snowballs because of good play and bad play. Yes. Um, and so the snowball gets really big. Yes. And yeah. so you can be a bad player who lets somebody get really good. Yeah. And you can be a good player. Who lets somebody get really good? Like yeah. who gets themselves good? So, I I don't know what the comparison is there. I'm just trying to think about why am I so, why am I so intense when I'm playing a game like Counter Strike or a game like Overwatch, but I'm not when I'm playing Apex. Yeah, I don't know. Why am I so chill when I'm playing Apex? No idea, honestly. 
is it the time? I get nervous when I play Apex too, so I don't know. Well, for Apex, I feel like a lot of the times it's like there's just a lot. There's of a lot downtime. of downtime in Apex yeah. Legends. Yeah, and it's, it's like it's a battle royale. It's so. It's, so it's got to be. It's the constancy. For me, it's it's. There's not much at stake. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, it's also mm-hmm. yeah. Battle, battle royales are also very much like just oh, yeah, play another just, game, play another game, play so another game. So used to just losing. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. a battle royale, man. You're gonna lose. Yeah. Very interesting. Like that. I so okay. So there's two things we're talking about here, right? We've kind of added a second component here, but the first one is information processing, and the second component is kind of constancy of information. How how much. How long are you being flooded with information? In a fighting game, we talked about it. It's, it's constant from beginning to end of round information. Yeah, like the first five seconds before a round starts and he says fight, you're like, your body is already gearing up yes. for like minutes of just constant information. And then Counter-Strike is essentially the same way. There's a small break between when you purchase and when you run, and it's usually like five to eight seconds. Yeah. So we're not talking about long. And then the, the match starts, right? And yep. from then on out, it's like nonstop. Overwatch is like you have the 50 seconds before the round starts, right? Mm-hmm. And then like during your death timers, right. right? But even during your death timers, you're usually thinking about what's going on or watching other people. Yeah. Like there's still information to process. League is like if, you, if you've if you died, you messed up, you screwed up, and you have to be thinking about, okay, what am I buying? Where am I going? What's happening on the map? Uh, why do I hate my teammates? Who should I flame? Right? All of these things are important things right. that you need to be thinking about. Die in lane. I'm a mid laner, right? So, you know, it's time to start talking to the jungle. Be like, hey, jungle, I died. Why is this your fault? <laughs> That's, what are you talking about, <laughs> mid lane? Anyone <laughs> dies on the map, it's my fault. Yeah, pretty anyone, much. Anyone die, hey, jungle, I was killed because of my bad play in a one on one situation at top lane while you were taking your Drake. I understand that you got that dragon, but why did I die, yeah. jungle? Yeah, man, Mike explain is, it to me. <laughs> it is, this is not an over. This is not even a joke. <laughs> it's not a joke. No, we're not. We're not kidding. Like, this is, like <laughs> we're laughing about it. It sounds like a joke, but this is League of Legends one on one. Like this is the first thing you learn in League of Legends. Like they should have a tutorial. Like step one, blaming the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, especially right now. It's like a super jungle meta, and it's like, yeah, man, sucks to be a jungle. <laughs> yeah, it can be rough. Everything is your fault. Yeah, it's actually it is it is a pretty jungly meta with the objective control and everything, but honestly it comes more down to the mid, I think. You yeah. think so? Yes, I think the mid has massive amounts of control over the game, and I think that most mids don't understand that, right? Only and, and mids who do understand that climb very, very easily. Sure. I get that. I'm just bad. All right, so so on the next episode of oh, <laughs> the Laggy yeah. Podcast, okay. we'll talk about League. I mean yeah, we could. So we could for hours. Anyway, so look, we're not we're not trying to go too far off. I get that Caesar's trying to push us out here because we are at 80 minutes, right? We, we wanted to stay mm-hmm. like 75. We're not getting right. too long. Um, but like we said, a.k.a. Captain Digression over here. So I'm going to talk about whatever the heck I want to talk about. And you guys are just along for the ride. Um, no, but seriously, I, I think that's pretty good. Hopefully you guys enjoyed what we were talking about. We are always interested in your comments questions and concerns if you have ideas for us to talk about Mm -hmm. uh hit us up on twitter at our riders esports uh check out our twitch at rough riders esports um yeah caesar anything to add no not really dan anything to add no i don't have anything all right well if you're still with us thanks for joining us on this ride don't forget about stampede on february 15th here at the sports table and uh from all of us to all of you See you. See ya.